Here we go. This is Blue 42. We're going to go red, right, tight, close, sprint left, GU corner, half back, flat, on two. Ready? Right. Now here's your hosts, Danny O'Neill and Paul Gallant. Blue 42. Blue 42. Good morning, Brock. How are you now? Morning, Polly. Doing great. Doing wonderful. Staying cool. Fun weekend of baseball with my little guy. That's awesome. Not, not so how'd you explain to how'd, how'd you explain to Titus what happened to Hector Santiago? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who ordered the code red? Who ordered the code red? Uh, we had yeah, we had a good discussion about that actually. He was really trying to figure out why the umpires were checking the belt, the hair, rubbing their hands through Max Scherzer's you know uh, locks of love and everything else. So yeah, it was a good explanation. Good explanation of through the years what pitchers have tried to do and what baseball is trying to. To now recognize and I guess legislate against to some degree, and we'll see if old Hector had any little sticky Come stuff. Come on, it was Mickey Mouse, Brock. The we'll whole see. thing was Mickey we'll Mouse. See. I don't we'll know, see. man. I, they they hermetically sealed the glove into a bag, a trash bag, and and listen, the authenticator. Well, breaking, like a dude in a polo shirt tucked his polo shirt in. Danny Brock, breaking news: Hector Santiago's glove is due to arrive in New York today. To be evaluated oh. by league officials. That, doesn't that make you sound like it's showing up in like a, oh. a locked briefcase? <laughs> yes. It's that, like, that's not how it's showing up. It's handcuffed to the to the guy no. who put it no, in it's the not. plastic bag. It's, it's, it's in a plastic bag in somebody's overhead bin who's transporting <laughs> it back to New York. Yep. So, Brock, what should the appropriate reaction be for anyone in Seattle towards Hector Santiago? Embarrassment? Outrage? Indifference? How should we be feeling today? No, I think you got to give him the benefit of the doubt. I mean, he and his skipper were both pretty honest post game, were they not? That it was just that it was just rosin or resin and, and sweat, and unfortunately, maybe Hector's a little sweatier than others, and it, <laughs> it became sticky. And I mean, don't you have to? I mean, I know the manager's going to stick up for his player, and the player's going to give his side of the story. And and don't we have to let these lab results show themselves? And if he's Full of sticky stuff, that's a bummer. But I think you'd also kind of understand at this stage of Hector's career, he's going to do every last thing imaginable to try to stay in this game and uh, and maximize this opportunity ha- he has and has been given. So I, for one, I-, I chuckled at it, and I'm sure there were a gazillion Mariner fans and others that were like, of course, if it's going to happen to anybody, right? Oh, of course, it's going to be a Mariner, of course. Right of, the, of all the pitchers and all the stuff, it's going to have, you know, there's going to be that kind of, I think, pervasive attitude at times. I certainly heard some of that, felt some of that on Twitter and, and otherwise. But as for me in my house, I'm going to give Hector and that glove and those investigators and that seal of approval from, uh, from that testing service. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt to see what exactly shakes up. I'll say this. If he ends up getting in trouble for it, if they suspend him for 10 games and he's the first one, it will show what a joke Major League Baseball is. Of all the different people that have been using something, to Hector Santiago is the first one. Like, you want to talk about a sacrificial lamb or someone that doesn't really matter? Like, that that's exact. No, yeah, you started not. pitching this year June 1st, come, right? Come on. <laughs> like, that whole thing of, like, they, it's been a rash of instances in the league, and Tyler Glasnow saying it's hurting his hand, and Garrett Cole's being, but we, we cracked down, and we got Hector Santiago, by God. We're really getting tough. This whole thing stinks to high heaven. 
That guy that's throw probably throws eighty eight and he's trying to get some sticky stuff to throw ninety to just make himself a living and try to stay in this league. That there's not a distinct incredible advantage. He's not throwing a twelve to six that's bending knees. He's not throwing gas right by people. He's just a savvy old veteran with a lot of mileage. Dude trying to make a living. Yes. And a lot he's of years trying to make on a living. Arm. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I, were you were you surprised that or or does does Scott Service's testimony, his witness testimony, matter at all to you in this? Oh sure. Look, I expect Scott to say that. I think Scott would say exactly what he said if the dude was guilty of sin. I I, I think the manager. I don't. I think he said what he's supposed to say. I don't know if that sways me one way or the other. That okay. I would think like, okay, Scott's Scott's word in that. I think he's saying what he's supposed to say. Here's what. There are better people than Hector Santiago to be enforcing this on. Like, why are you wasting your time with him? That's my general thing. That's my general point. That's fair. Also, was there probable cause, Brock? And how about this chain of custody with the glove? This whole thing stinks to high heaven. I feel like Al Pacino in uh, Scent of a Woman, where I'm like, you're building a rat ship. And you're sending out scapegoats to end up taking the blame for all this stuff that actually good pitchers who've made millions of dollars have been doing. I felt like a few good men, which was on over the weekend in the hotel, and uh, we caught like the tail end of it. So do you know how long it takes to explain to an 11-year-old that movie as we get to the final stages? And I think I spent 30 minutes describing all of that effort, and Jack Nicholson was really good in that movie. Just let yeah, you know. Yeah, Crystal. Yeah. I don't know what kind of courtroom you're running here. <laughs> <laughs> Question two. <laughs> All right, Brock, I'm going to give you a list of uh, several candidates, and you're going to have to tell me who has more on the line in this upcoming NFL season. We're going to start out with down, the line. Danny. I got my legal pad out. Go ahead. We're going to start with the Los Angeles Rams. Who has more on the line, Sean McVay or Matthew Stafford? Matthew Stafford. Okay. Yep. Sean McVay is going to get another job. Sean McVay is young. He's going to have plenty of opportunity. He already led them to a Super Bowl, not a win, but to a Super Bowl. So, yeah, that's Matthew Stafford at the near tail end of his career. Second grouping. This is going to be three. Steve Keim, Cliff Kingsbury, or Kyler Murray? Who has more on the line? Ooh. Uh, the first two are Kingsbury and Keim are attached. If oh, okay. Yeah, if this doesn't work, I think both of those guys are out. So uh, certainly Kingsbury is going to be out. Kime's done some nice job personnel-wise. And I'll say this you know, about that crew and about him in particular. I think he's a high-ego guy. But I think he knows exactly what he's looking for and what he wants. And he actually surrounds his staff in their scheme with the kind of talent and people. they got some scary dudes on defense, man. They got some size and some speed and some run and some hit at every level. Isaiah Simmons, the kid they just drafted, Buda Baker, obviously, at JJ Watt up front with a healthy Chandler Jones. Like he gives, I think Kime listens and gives his, his, his coaches schematically what they want. He's given Kingsbury everything now that, uh, that, that, that he's going to get in this league and this is going to be his, uh, I think his, his, if this doesn't work, this is only bite at the apple. So Kingsbury would be one, Kime two, Murray three. It's surprising that Keim has been in charge as long as he has been, Brock. I also would say the same thing for Les Snead in Los Angeles, and I know Les at least got the Rams to a Super Bowl. But considering how long both of them have been there, there have not been a whole lot of results that I would call favorable. Yes, but they've also not fallen just totally flat on their face. 
right? I mean, I think their floor as far as their talent evaluation, if you're an owner or you're the president or what have you, you can look at that talent. You can watch them. And I think even, you know, just a, an average president or an owner or, or however engaged they are can go and look at the talent and on the field and say, man, yeah, we're, we're right there. You know, it's a play here, it's a play there, it's a position here, it's an injury there, it's a quarterback development situation. I think both of those guys have, have put some incredibly talented players on the field over the years. Um, not always the best teams. And, and certainly uh, Pete Carroll, I think, has been far superior in team build. I think the continuity of John and Pete is why they've had the success that they have had. They've not had coaching turnover as they've had in, in Arizona, for example. And But I think from a talent evaluation standpoint both those guys have been pretty good paul let me give you a third one okay john harbaugh or lamar jackson who has more on the line Ooh, isn't it it's surprising they stuck with greg roman i mean maybe that's the guy of all three of them that's the ones that's got yeah the oc yeah yeah Yeah. he's the hector santiago in this situation (laughs) (laughs) he's the guy that's going to get thrown out he should be sweating so you can't blame anybody else gosh i'll tell you what man they call it the raven's way Mm-hmm. Right, that I've, I've met some of their scouts over the years, and I'll be back on the college football road. Probably one thing I missed a lot this last year, and even doing NFL games, it's not like you see, you know, <laughs> anybody other than NFL people at NFL games. You know, that college game and those big games where you see GMs and you see scouts and you see people, and I love to pick their brain and talk to them and spend some time in the press box with them. I, I would say of 32 teams in the league. Kind of to my last point about Arizona and the Rams can identify what they want pretty well for their coaches. 32 teams in the league, if you were to put a brand on them and say, okay, this is the Seahawks way. This is the Steelers way. This is the Patriots way. This is the Ravens way. As far as a clear identity, Danny, I I don't know if there's two others. I mean, the, the Ravens way is on the podium. Gold, silver, bronze. They identify exactly who they are and what they want and the physicality with which they play. That's not going to change. And, and there's been a lot of win in there in Baltimore. So I, I don't I don't see either of those guys under immense pressure. If it's one, it's probably Lamar to take a step as a passer and just develop a little more of that game. And to Paul's point, uh, that's going to be hip pocket to Greg Roman to get that done as well. Question number three. The Packers' way has generally been get a really good quarterback, then wait till he gets angry, and then move on and find the next one. <laughs> yep. So, Is he going to opt out? Is he going to opt out? That's this the week? question, yeah. uh, Brock. I mean, should Aaron Rodgers opt out? Is that a real nuclear option he should he should consider? Because if he opts out by Friday, he at the very least makes eighteen million of the thirty eight million he would make this year, and he definitely sends a message to Brian Gutekunst and the non people friendly Packers. I don't think he opts out. If he opts out, he's A-Rod. The other A-Rod. Because everything that he has said for months is, this isn't about the money, this is about my pride. This isn't about dollars and cents, I got plenty. This is about my ego. This is about you as a dishonest organization lying to me, lying to me about Jordan Love. Not about drafting my replacement, but when you did so, saying I was on board with it, and I never ever was because I never even heard it from then. So if if he were to opt out, he becomes A-Rod who told our market back to what you guys were saying when I jumped on of of some of your different texts of Kyle Seeger and running your way out of town. What did, a, what did A-Rod say, the original A-Rod say, Danny? What did he say in Seattle? Well, the rumor and the what, the, what we explained it as is he said it's not about the money. Yes. It's not about the money. Not about the money. 
And then it's the not Rangers about the threw what? Two hundred fifty million at them. Two hundred fifty million dollars, quarter of a billion dollars at them. <laughs> yeah, changes a little bit. And guess what? It was about the money, and that's why <laughs> it dollar was bills, about the money. Dollar bills, y'all were thrown on his head. Nice. It's in Safeco Field whenever he came back to town with the Rangers <laughs> and everything else. Aaron Rodgers would look like a fraud if he opted out Friday. Really? I think so. Dropping f bombs, I like it. Yeah, Doesn't it? Don't you think though that from a that could be a, like I, to- it would, I, it would I told you maybe. I'm not going to play for that team anymore. And now like look what you've done to me. You've pushed me. Like I think he can threaten and say if you don't trade me by July 2nd, I'm opting out. Like if he really wants it done, that's how he does. Easy, it. I think that'd be the easier path. I don't think he wants an easy divorce. I think he wants it messy. <laughs> I think he wants it nasty. I think he wants to drag them all through the mud. Do you know what so, they say about res- wrestling with a pig? You don't want to do it, Brock. You know why? Why? You both get muddy and the pig likes it. Do you want to know something really cool about <laughs> one of Haley's new teammates in Montana from Haver? From yes. Ryan Divish's hometown? Well, hold on. Hold on. I just uh, brought up wrestling with a pig, and you're I'm bringing gonna, up one of Haley's teammates from Haver, Montana, the home it, of Ryan Divish. And watch me on a Monday morning put it all together. You ready for this? We're at a little <laughs> pizza party, a meet and greet. The new players, families get to meet some of the former players. Uh, they get to write on the note cards because it's a new coach as well. One thing about yourself that nobody knows for the players and the coaches and the assistants, right? And uh, and then they had to try to guess who it was. And I was one of them. I was a pig wrestler through junior high and high school. <laughs> yep, that's, that's one of their feisty little point guards from Haver, and I loved it. They used to grease up the pig in a mud pit, shorts and T-shirt, and you had to try to get that pig down. So that's, yep. Wow. That's, that's the kind of pig wrestling they do up in Ryan Divish territory. You can ask them next time you see them. At the risk of being someone who comes in with a topper, because nobody oh, likes the topper, no, right? Oh, go ahead. You got some but I think if you, Falls, if, if you, you yeah, I do, yeah. I do, I do have Klamath Falls. You had to do uh, it with my, hands behind your back. <laughs> no, that's not true. But there was, okay. uh, we lived, we lived out the back of the Warehouser Lawmill, largest pine mill in North America. And the, the first house that I remember living in was out the back, like a block away from the rear entrance. There was a tavern called Toppers that was located directly on the other side of that exit. And one night, my father and his friend, Jim, Doby, uh, used to give me his old copies of Sports Illustrated, found themselves having a post-work refreshment in said tavern. And at some point, there became a lot of talk about who was going to go and wrestle the pig in the back so they could slaughter the pig because they were going to have a pig cookout at Topper's Tavern over the course of that weekend. And that's when my father reached the limit. He's like, yeah, I'm not going to go wrestle the pig. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not I'm not wrestling the pig at Topper's Tavern out the back no. of the warehouse or mill. No, thank you. So apparently, I would choose the point guard from Haver over there my father go. when that's it comes exa- to toughness. That's exactly Do not mess right. with a pig wrestler. No, never. That's a good lesson on a Monday morning. <laughs> Brock, I don't know if I, any of us ever really expected it to go in the directions that it did, but yeah. was it fun? It, I don't know, but it was interesting. <laughs> we'll let the texters decide, and we'll talk to you boys tomorrow. <laughs> That is Brock here, Blue42. He's with us on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays.